What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week's episode is a special throwback edition of The Booch Cast, where I am replaying an old interview from yesteryear, from the glory days of Blob Talk Radio, and my throwback guest for this week is none other than Georgia indie wrestling superstar Tyson Dean. Now, before I play this interview, and before I give you guys the backstory on how this interview came about. I want to give a very important disclaimer at the beginning of this show so that there is no controversy, there is no misunderstandings, and that there will be no rumors going around the internet. The disclaimer is as follows. Right now, currently, at the time that this interview has been posted to SoundCloud, it is April 15, 2019. The time that this interview with Tyson was recorded was September 2015. Late September of 2015. So this interview is almost four years old. As most of you know, in the world of indie wrestling, I am currently affiliated with UCW. I, at the time that I recorded that interview with Tyson, again, four years ago, I was affiliated with WrestleMerica. Now, on the Bootscast episode, Yin and Yang, when I talked about the controversy between UCW and WrestleMerica during the hometown throwdown show that took place back in August of last year, I mentioned my history with both companies. So most Boochcast fans, especially the lot of you who listen to that show because it got at least 67 downloads, know where I stand in the indie wrestling world, that I'm currently working for UCW. So I don't want people to think that I'm switching back to WrestleMerica or that I'm working for both companies or that there's any controversy of any kind, I am not doing any of that. This interview is from four years ago. And despite the controversy, I still consider Tyson Dean to be a great guy. I have never held anything against him personally. I know it was just, um, you know, an incident that got out of hand. You know, two two wrestling companies in the same town. Both of them, you know, trying to put on the best show they can. While at the same time, a lot of mudslinging coming mostly from one end. And just a lot of craziness. So because of all the controversy that surrounded the Hometown Throwdown show, I wanted to just make it clear to everyone that this interview is four years old and that I am still working for UCW. I'm staying over there. I'm not going to work for WrestleMerica, but you are going to hear some WrestleMerica talk in this interview because like I said, it was four years ago when I worked for WrestleMerica. So I just want to make that clear. I want there to be no confusion. I have not, I repeat, I have not gone back to work for WrestleMerica. I am still with Universal Championship Wrestling and I will continue to be a part of Universal Championship Wrestling until either A, I decide to quit again, or B, Ronnie decides to fire me. So until that day comes, I'm still a part of UCW. Now that I got that out of the way, here's the backstory. Back in 2015, I became part of WrestleMerica. How I became affiliated with WrestleMerica was in 2014, I was still working for the Regular Guys show at this time, and I met a man by the name of Chad Shepard. Now most TRG fans, you remember him as the Ch- 
Chad, and he was a very popular uh, intern on the show. And he was somebody that I quickly became friends with because we both have a love for professional wrestling. The only difference is Chad actually worked in the wrestling business. And at the time, he was a color commentator for NWA Atlanta. So, I, he invited me out to an NWA Atlanta show. Ironically enough, it was at the Taylor Street Gym in Griffin, Georgia. And I went there and I saw the show and I, after the show, I got to meet some of the guys uh, backstage and, you know, became very good friends with them. Now, Tyson Dean, I had known before I went to NWA Atlanta. I became friends with Tyson Dean through Facebook. He was in the wrestling business. I'm a wrestling fan. We were, he was also a fan of the regular guys show, which also he became a fan of mine when I was working there. So we com- we would commiserate back and forth on Facebook from time to time. Well, one day I had a show at the masquerade. Tyson Dean decided to come to the show. So the first time I met Tyson Dean was in a random parking lot where I was selling tickets to him for the show. Him and his wife were going to come see the show. So he gives me the money. I give him the tickets. He comes out to see my show at the masquerade. And afterwards, we talked for a little bit, got to know each other a little better, found out he was a really cool guy. And then, of course, Chad brings me out to the wrestling show and I meet him again and get to see him in action in the ring. And then, of course, after that, I started going to more NWA Atlanta shows. And then they started inviting me to do commentary. Sometimes I would do commentary through the Booch cast. And then eventually I would move on to do color commentary uh, with Vance McNeely, who was the, com- the play-by-play man at that time. And that was kind of my break-in to commentary. Well, while I was there, I met a gentleman by the name of Marty Miller, who ran the merchandise stand at the time in NWA Atlanta. Well, he was also part of WrestleMerica. So he invited me to WrestleMerica. Now, keep in mind, I said before, this was four years ago. This is back when Doc Gallows ran WrestleMerica. But of course, Doc Gallows at the time was still working with Ring of Honor and New Japan. So he was always traveling on the road with Anderson, doing Carl Anderson, doing all the, you know, tag team matches they were having and ranking up those tag team titles and being part of the Bullet Club. So Marty Miller kind of ran the day-to-day operations of WrestleMerica at that time. So he would book me to come down and be at the WrestleMerica shows and do some commentary. And one of the shows that he did commentary for was a show called Summer Sizzler. Uh, that's actually where Matt Hardy was at and I did commentary for that. Then of course I did commentary for a few other shows as well. And then eventually there was a show. The last show I did for WrestleMerica was in October and it was called Bullet Brawl. October of 2015 was called Bullet Brawl and that's the show that we're going to be talking about on this particular episode that's going to play with Tyson Dean. So this is set leading up to the Bullet Brawl in 2015. So that's so it's kind of how that works. Now, when I got the offer to be part of WrestleMerica, I was given another offer and that was to do interviews with the wrestlers. I would get to interview talent and they wanted to use me to help keep their storylines going. So my interviews with WrestleMerica, I was only able to get two of them. Uh, one I'm playing now, the other one I'll I'll replay at a later date. Um, was supposed to be half kayfabe and half reality. Now what I mean by that is I would do interviews and ask questions pertaining to the WrestleMerica storylines and the wrestlers in character would answer those questions. But I would also have questions about them and their history and the business and their personal lives and they would answer those questions as well. Now they would remain in character while they're doing it but it was a combination of the two. And what was great was that you know Tyson Dean and the other guest whose name I'll talk about I'll mention at a later date was able to flip back and forth between that very very well and I will say Tyson Dean was a fantastic guest. He's an incredible wrestler and for those of you who don't know Tyson Dean, you're about to get to know a little bit about him here on this episode of the Boochcast and I'm very excited to be playing this interview. So sit back and enjoy as the Booch goes 
was one-on-one -on -one with the reflection of perfection, the dream. Tyson D, welcome to the Booth Chat. Thank you. How's it going tonight? Tyson, I'm doing great, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm still up here at the hospital. My son was born yesterday. Getting back in the ring next weekend. Looking forward to October 2nd in Barnesville, Georgia for WrestleMerica. Doesn't get much better than it is right now. That's fantastic, man. And uh, actually, I was I was told by uh, some some the people at WrestleMerica about um, having to uh, postpone the interview because uh, your wife went into labor this morning. Uh, first of all, I want to say congratulations on the new baby. Thank you. And you're welcome. And uh, how are you? How is the wife and the new baby doing? Oh, they're doing great. They're both up there resting well. He's, um, I mean, he's perfect. Ten fingers, ten toes, everything's there. Beautiful baby boy. Mama's doing great. It's just awesome. And uh, I guess uh, the first question in everyone's mind is, um, you know, the big shocker at WrestleMerica was, um, you know, after a long time of being associated with uh, Al Jets and company, um, in a shocking turn of events after having a great one-on-one -on -one match uh, with Matt Hardy, uh, out of nowhere you, you uh, decided to leave Al Getson Company by helping Matt Hardy uh, dispose of Andy Anderson and Kane. And um, I guess the big question on everyone's mind is, um, why did you decide to leave Al Getson Company? Well, I, I can look at the timeline. I mean, before I got hooked up with Al Getson, I was the NWA Georgia champion. I was the Peach State Wrestling Alliance Heritage champion. And I was one half of the NWA Southern Tag Team champion. You were there at the match with Matt Hardy at WrestleMerica. How many titles did I come to the ring with? Were you zero? Mm -hmm. So okay. do the math. Al Getson, his enterprises didn't help out Tyson Dean once said, if anything, I was carrying the Enterprises, and they were hurting me. Went, you know, had a hell of a fight with a guy like Matt Hardy, and respect him for it. He came out on top. He was the better guy that night. But, I mean, I didn't need Al. I didn't need Andy. I didn't need Payne. I don't know where these guys want to get involved, and that was just the moment I'd had enough. And, you know, so from there, if they've got some kind of hurt and heartburn over it, we're all men. We can get in the ring and do what we got to do. <laughs> Absolutely, man, and uh, it was definitely a shocker uh, heard around the wrestling world, but it was one of those things where it was a good shocker nonetheless, because, um, you know, I've seen you in the ring before, and I'll be honest, um, I was shocked you were with them in the first place. You've always struck me as a guy that could uh, stand alone, at least from the times where I have seen you stand alone, and uh, you did talk about the, the match you had with Matt Hardy. Um, how, personally, how did you feel about the match you had with Matt Hardy uh, last August? I, I thought it was a great match. I mean, I pushed a guy that, you know, a lot of people talk about being the Hall of Fame one day and to know that I was in a ring I held my own I mean look at how close that came I was real close to beating him and ultimately three seconds decided the whole thing so at the end of the day sports my whole life you learn to win with class but important you know even as important you got to learn to lose with class and Matt was a better better guy that night would I love to have another opportunity down the road yeah yeah because I mean I think we could have a different outcome we wrestled ten more times we might split it five apiece yes and I will say it was a great match um, I, I was happy to I was happy to call it to the boots cast and, you know, to see you in the ring with a guy like Matt Hardy was amazing. And, you know, in all the times that, I, in, in the times that I've been uh, following, you know, whether it was WrestleMerica or NWA or whatever, I've been following, you know, the matches you've been in, I've seen you in the ring with, you know, tons of big-name guys, from Matt Hardy, uh, Doc Gallows, to Jeff Jarrett. In fact, the first time I ever saw you wrestle, you were in the ring with Rob Conway back in, I think it was like October uh, yeah. this, of last year. And I was impressed. I would say, who would you say has been your toughest opponent to date? Who you say was the most challenging for you? Mm, um, well, one that you probably left out, it'd be, it'd be um, Jimmy Ray. Ooh. I mean, that was... Okay. I mean, we were... I mean, we did an hour-long Ironman match. We wrestled two others before that, and, you know, we split them. Actually, I came out two to one on that one. So, you know, Jimmy's a guy that I've got a tremendous amount of respect for and would love to fight again. Um, you know, God, but then outside of that, I mean, just it's really hard to call. They've all been great, great matches.
matches, and we put on a hell of a show, hell of a fight each time. But check the win-loss record on those, too. Had a pretty good one going in against what you call name guys until Al Getz Enterprises picked up my management. And somehow or another, his management skills aren't up to par. I couldn't agree more. In fact, one question I was one question I really want to ask is um, what got you affiliated? Um, this is just for the uh, the people listening to the Bootscast who may not know. Uh, what got you affiliated with this group in the first place? Just a guy, you know, guaranteeing a lot of things that he at the end didn't really develop. I mean, we were going to have more titles, more fame, more opportunities, and it seems like every time Al sticks his nose into it, there's less titles, less money, less opportunities. I, I agree, man. I mean, I saw because I saw, like I said before that, like I said, you were the NWA Georgia Heavyweight Champion. I mean, you you defended that title all over Georgia, facing some of the best names in Georgia, some of the biggest names, you know, like I said, in wrestling. Period. And then next thing I you know, you're without Getz, and you have the the incident with you know Shane Marks and Otison, and then I just saw everything go downhill after that. So I couldn't right. agree more that Al Getz was a big uh, part of the problem. Well, I'm planning on turning that around. Al Getz picked up Tommy Too Much as one of his new boys as <laughs> his little satellite extension in NWA Atlanta. So next Saturday night, NWA Atlanta announced this week that I'll be facing Tommy Too Much for an opportunity to get back the NWA Georgia title. I definitely look forward to seeing that. And, um, of course, you know, another thing I wanted to talk about was, um, you know, you have a lot of great, you know, nicknames. One, of course, is the Dream Tyson Dean, which I think is awesome. But, as I mentioned before, you also call yourself the uh, the Reflection of Perfection. And I just have to ask, how did you come up with that name? Well, it's a name that was given to me by someone else, but they said that it was due to my wrestling, my build, my charisma. It was, he said I embodied everything that he would want to see in a professional wrestler. And so, so, you know, that being that I'm a reflection of the perfect professional wrestler, hence the reflection of perfection. Absolutely. And and I also, um, you know, I also thought it was great. I remember at one point, I think you still do this. I just want to say personally, I love the fact that you brought a mirror, that you bring a mirror to the ring with you. I thought that was unbelievably awesome, especially, you know, it, it worked well with the gimmick. Because I remember at one point, um, and this is at NWA, you were coming out to the ring and at the time. Uh, Chad Shepard was doing commentary with me. And you were coming out to the ring. And I actually Chad and went, is that a mirror in his hand? And he actually went, yeah. He's like, yeah, that is. I'm like, that's a mirror in his hand? He goes, yeah. And I look at it and I'm like, it's an actual, like, real mirror. And I thought that was great because I just thought it was so old old. I loved it. Because I know that, like, you know, down in NXT, Tyler Breeze has, like, the selfie on the phone. So to see somebody actually bring a normal mirror to the ring, personally for me, I thought that was awesome. I just wanted to point that out. I thought that was a genius idea. I actually wanted a full-length mirror and two people to carry it in front of me, but I couldn't <laughs> find two underlings to carry the mirror for me, so I had to go with the little handheld. So well, I wish you would have told me I would have happily carried it for you. <laughs> All right, I might still call you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll have somebody hold the microphone for me. Uh, but I want to say, um, you know, you know you've, you've been in the wrestling business um, for a long time, and I just want to say, what made you want to become a professional wrestler? Ooh, um, going back to whenever I was probably around six or seven years old, watching wrestling on WTBS 605, seeing guys like Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair and Sting, and um, but it was always mainly Ric Flair. Like, I mean, I can watch Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat and get the same excitement that I got out of that match 30 years ago as I do today. And, um, would you, and who would you say, like, were your biggest uh, influences in wrestling? Like, who, other than Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat, like, was there anybody else that really inspired you? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a melting pot of guys. I mean, I'm 
I pick up influences from Crew Jones, the guy that trained me, um, Rick Flair, uh, Roddy Piper. I mean, there's guys that I, um, I'll see them and, you know, and then looking over to Japan, there's guys that I can't always mix up the names, but, um, I just, I watch, study all the time and then take things that I think will work here and there for me and try to blend them in. I, I'm really big on the older style of wrestling because, I mean, my, myself, I'm not going to be doing a lot of flips off the top rope or, well, a lot of any flips off the top rope got more of an influence from ground-based type wrestling and yeah more like the storytelling aspect yeah yeah that, that's really more my thing i mean I, I can do a lot more than people expect of me but i just i try to keep it into whatever's needed for what we're trying to get across absolutely so you so so you so there are there's a lot of moves that you can do but you won't do them at the risk of loose story yeah 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 or, or unnecessary injury i mean there's good going all night um but you see a lot of things now today that it, you know bing bang boom boom salt whenever you could have done bing bang boom and told the story and gotten just as much effect out of it with not near as much mileage on your body absolutely because i think that's a lost art form in wrestling today and um i'm glad to see that there's <clears throat> definitely you know, is. not only yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see there's not only you know wrestlers that are you know wrestlers especially in the local scene that they'll you know hold that art form true you know because i've always I've, I've always been worried about that happening you know everywhere it's just with the changes that i've seen in wrestling today so the fact that you're you know you're old school in that regard is very good and and, I, and from what I've seen your matches, it works. So I think people should yeah, feel about it. Uh, I understand at one point, um, I heard this. This is a rumor that I heard. You can tell me if it's um, true or not. I understand at one point that you were a boxer or MMA fighter at one point. Yeah, I did um, several amateur boxing fights and then did, they weren't really, it was back in 94, 95, so... The term MMA wasn't used as much. I did what was a couple of no rules fights because that was my background was um, boxing and sambo, so like a Russian style of wrestling. Okay. Now these no rules fights were these like you know like old school cage fights or how did these how did these fights go? <laughs> Basically just fights in a dojo. I mean you would have some limits <laughs> on. I mean there was you know, ethics behind it. You couldn't poke a guy in the eye. They basically stuck to what the original UFC rules were: no poking in the eyes, no fish hooking. You know, things like that. But outside of that, I mean, just get in there and roll and see who's, whose style was better that day. Absolutely. And um, did you, did, and uh, how many of those, did you have a good record in those fights? Yeah, ended up about four and one. I didn't do very many of them. I got, got uh, married and the first wife pretty much put the X on that. So. <laughs> there wasn't well, a lot of money I involved. Guess. It was a lot of fighting. It was pride fighting as in the Japanese organization. It was kind of fighting for pride, you know, and you can't eat on pride. Absolutely, and um, I, I can I can see why she would uh, want you to step away from that. But obviously, you know, in, in the wrestling world, you're doing very well. And um, uh, have you ever considered the possibility of uh, one day going to like you know WWE or TNA or Ring of Honor? Opportunity, especially if it's one that furthers your recognition and furthers um, monetarily what you can do in the sport. So um, yeah, I mean, I'd take any of those opportunities. I mean, really for my age and my style, I would think that I would fit more in uh, Japan or Mexico, somewhere like that. Uh, cool. You got any, like, uh, have, you, have you got any, like, dream matches in Japan that uh, stick out in your mind? Um, man, I don't know. I see so many different people all the time that, you know, I think, I don't know, you know, and then there's guys that you don't think that 
what you do and what they do would blend well, but then you get out there and you end up wrestling them, and it ends up being really good. So I don't know. I don't really look at it. I just look at it as whoever the next opponent opportunity is, take it and can with it. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, def- that's definitely a way to go, too. I mean, because you know, one of the key things about being a good wrestler is if you can have a good match with anybody, that's always a good sign. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and that was something that was a... Um, I'd always wondered how it would fit in with like some of the guys from way back, and I got an opportunity to wrestle on a show that was in front of... Um, peers that had worked with the old NWA territories from that time and um, so and they gave me that compliment that you know yeah the biggest thing I see about you is you come around 20 to 30 years too late and I look at that era as guys that they could all work you put them in there anyone with anyone and you're going to get a pretty good result out of it so for them to say that that was that felt really good for me awesome and I'm, I'm assuming that's a compliment you, you've gotten from uh, a lot of wrestlers of uh, guys that you face as well as guys that you've actually been in the ring with Is um, anybody like Matt Hardy or Jeff Jarrett or Rob Conway uh, paid you any compliments in that regard? Yeah, yeah. I mean, most all of them after we work and everything um, are complimentary to me and um, always willing to give me advice on what I could tweak to, you know, take it up to that next step and everything. And that's where what I really appreciate about what we do and like what you said, it, you know, it's, just, it's a sport, it's an artistic sport where you get in there and you do it. And if you ever get to the point where you think you're done and you've learned all you can learn, that's the part where you're really screwing up. None of us are ever going to reach that. Yeah, it's like it's, 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 the beautiful thing about wrestling is that every day you can learn something new, and you know it's always it's always important to pick up knowledge wherever you can. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, man, I'm going to have to wrap this up here quickly. I want to get back in with my wife and my baby, see them, suck that in, the awesome part of what life's going on right now. Um, but let's get on weekend in Deadway, Atlanta, get an opportunity to hook it up with Tommy too much, hopefully get one of my belts back, and then we're rolling down October 2nd to Barnesville, Georgia, and Russell America to get to get in there with Payne and Tama Tonga. And that dude, that dude's wild. He's crazy. We've been in the ring twice. He and I have split matches one and one, and now I get a different experience. I get to have that big, wild, crazy Tongan on my side getting to see him cut loose on people who got the no pain train on my team against uh Simon Sermon, Andy Anderson, and the Monster Pain. That's one you better hold on to your seat. We're going to be brawling all over the building. Those guys have really pissed me off getting into my <laughs> business. We're going to get something solved. All right. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was my interview with the reflection of perfection, the dream, Tyson Dean. And in case you guys were wondering, yes, that problem did in fact get solved because at this event, which again, this took place in 2015. So, that bullet ball show that he was talking about, that happened four years ago. I want to remind people of that, that this interview is four years old. So, this is a show that's already happened. It's already taken place. So, whatever plans WrestleMerica has for October, I have no idea. And you'll have to go on the internet and look for yourselves, because I will not be promoting it here on the Boochcast. But, I will say, at that bullet ball show, the problem did get solved, as Tyson Dean teamed up with Tamatonga from the Bullet Club, Micah, and WCW legend Glacier to defeat Al Getz Enterprises, which consisted of Andy Anderson, Murder One, which some of you might remember from Daytime Fighting League, Payne, and Tommy Too Much. So it was an eight-man tag. The winning team got to be the Lumberjacks for the main event, which was Al Getz versus Amber Gallows, who some of you might know as the Bullet Babe, Amber O'Neill. That was the main event. 
and they were the Lumberjacks for that match. Now, as far as what happened during that Lumberjack match, you'll have to wait until a future episode of the Boochcast when I, at one point down the road, and I can't say when that will happen, but be on the lookout for it, I will air another throwback interview where I will play the interview that I did with Al Getz. Al Getz was actually a guest on the Boochcast as well, and I also interviewed him to promote this Bullet Brawl WrestleMania show, which again took place four years ago. So at a later date, I can't say when, I will air the interview with Al Getz, and I'll tell you everything you need to know about that particular uh, Lumberjack match. But I will say, um, I was glad that Tyson Dean did take time out of his uh, busy schedule to, um, you know, talk to me, especially with everything that was going on, and, you know, the birth of his child and everything, who's obviously four years old now, and Tyson is, you know, an incredible dad to that kid. And one thing I will say about Tyson is, whether he's a baby face or a heel or whatever he's portraying in the ring, outside the ring, he's a devoted husband, a devoted father, and definitely a true professional. He puts the word professional in professional wrestling. There's very few people in the wrestling business that I have met that embody the term professional, and Tyson is one of them. So, I was glad to have the chance to interview him on the Boochcast, and I was even happier at the UCW Payback Show when I got to call his match at the Taylor Street Gym, which ironically enough was where I saw him for the first time. And he teamed up with Fry Daddy to have a great tag team match, and to be able to call that match for UCW, and to have Tyson Dean and Fry Daddy in that ring was surreal for me, because I had known those guys for years, I had pushed for them to be on UCW shows, and because as you guys know with UCW, uh, it's mostly big name stars and a few local talents, so I, tr- I made an effort to make sure those two guys were at least on one UCW show, because they're both amazing athletes, and definitely deserve to wrestle on a grand stage, so again, shout out to Tyson Dean for being part of the show, and who knows, maybe someday down the road, I'll be able to have him back on the show, and hopefully someday, we'll see him back in the ring at UCW. Alright, now ladies and gentlemen, we'll wrap up this week's episode of the Boochcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and I will be back next week with a brand new episode of the Boochcast. I will be airing a part two interview with special guests Buff the Stuff Bagwell and Johnny Swinger from Universal Championship Wrestling. I will be playing the interview that I did alongside Tim Gonzalez at the Tall Tales Comedy and Wrestling Road Story Show in Griffin, Georgia. As you guys know, I was performing at Tall Tales and afterwards, I got invited to be part of the Q&A with Buff and Swinger. I was able to record it all and I will play that audio for you guys next week here on the Boochcast. So tune in for part two with Buff the Stuff Bagwell and Johnny Swinger. Also, speaking of Johnny Swinger, uh, for those of you who live in the Sonoya, Georgia area, you can catch Johnny Swinger this Saturday, April the 20th at Sonoya Raceway for the Spring Monster Truck Madness. He'll be signing autographs and taking photos as he prepares for the next UCW show, which will also feature Buff the Stuff Bagwell. And that shows, of course, UCW Extreme Spring Stampede, which will be taking place Saturday, April 27th at East Coetta Middle School, located at 6291 GA16, Sonoya, Georgia, 30276. Again, that address is 6291 GA16, Sonoya, Georgia, 30276. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. Bell time is 7.30 p.m. You can get your tickets at UCWTV.com. That's www.ucwtv.com or at the cell 
Mellor's Law Firm in the heart of Griffin, Georgia. Now, in addition to Buff and Swinger, the other UCW stars scheduled to appear are Universal Heavyweight Champion Carlito, the Universal United States Champion Kid Cash, Maddie Max, Taya Valkyrie, Team Fearless, the UCW Tag Team Champions, Takuri, King Garuda, the Slambinos with Stormy Lee, Lucky Ali, Amun Tucson, Darcy Dixon, Sweet Stan Lee, Leo Pride, Elijah Proctor, and Caleb Conley will be in the house for a Fight TV taping for UCW Extreme Stampede. Once again, it'll be on Saturday, April 27th, 2019. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. Bell time is 7.30 p.m. You can get your tickets at East Coetta Middle School. You can go down to the middle school itself and pick up your tickets. You can also go online at www.ucwtv.com and there's some tickets at the Sellers Law Firm. So pick them up there as well. Go get your tickets. Come on out. This is one show you do not want to miss because also added to the show, he's not on the poster, but he will be there. And that is former WWE and TNA superstar Montel Vontavious Porter MVP is coming to UCW. So get your tickets. Come on out. This is one hell of a show you do not want to miss. UCW Extreme Stampede. And of course, uh, you can make sure you guys check out Doom Patrol on DCUniverse.com. You can go to DCUniverse.com slash join to subscribe and get your membership. Now, you have the option of getting an annual membership for $75 a year, billed annually, or you can get a monthly membership at $7.99 a month, billed at the end of each month. So basically $8 a month. Now, the difference is, here's what you get with each of these benefits. You get access to the DC Universe on all your favorite devices. You get to enjoy unlimited access to exclusive original DC series, animated movies, select legendary films and TV shows, a curated list of DC comics, and more. You also get daily news program and exclusive members only shop, a chance to win access to events and exclusive experiences, and a seven-day free trial. That's right. You get seven days. You get to try it free for seven days. If you don't like it within the seven days, cancel and you won't be billed. But after seven-day free trial, that's when they start billing you. Now, the difference between an annual and a monthly fee is with the annual fee, you save 20% per year versus a monthly payment, and you get premium annual member benefits and rewards. So check out everything the DC Universe has to offer, but most importantly, make sure you check out Doom Patrol Fridays on DCUniverse.com. And of course, as I mentioned before, you can find me, the Booch, on episode 5 of Doom Patrol. I am on the 5th episode of Doom Patrol, so make sure you go on there and look for me, but of course, watch all the episodes. I can't stress that enough. Watch all the episodes. It's a fantastic TV show, but I'm just saying, episode 5 is where you're going to find me. However, my showbiz mentor and longtime friend, Larry W-A-C-H-S, is also featured on Doom Patrol. However, you'll have to watch all the episodes in order to find him, because I have no idea which episode Larry is in. So, make sure you watch Doom Patrol to look for myself and Larry Wax. And of course, don't forget to follow the Boochcast here on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Boochcast. B-O-O-C-H C-A-S-T. Also, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as exclusive content that only can be featured on the Facebook page. We have video clips of stuff we've shown. We have, um, we go live on Facebook from time to time. Desmond just posted his new song. He just wrote a new song called I Cannot Lie, which is up there. So you can check that out as well. Check out everything we have on the Boochcast Facebook page. And also, it's the best place to post stuff and to message us 
and contact us for any feedback you want to give us on the show or anything, any requests you might have. Contact us through the show. We love communicating with our fans. And of course, support the show through Patreon at patreon.com slash theboochcast. We have great rewards for great patrons. Donate what you can to help us keep the Boochcast alive, keep it thriving, and keep it successful. We do this show for the hardworking men and women out there who bust their ass and want to be entertained. And the last thing we would ever ask our fans to do is break the bank or sacrifice a major payment on your bills just to support this show. That's why we would never ask you to donate an insane amount of money. That's why for as little as $1 a month, just $1 a month, you can help keep the Boochcast going if you don't have a lot of money to spend. However, if you do have a lot of money to spend, you can pay a little bit more and you can check out all the other great rewards that we have. We have a $20 a month for exclusive content that will be sent directly to you via email. We have a $40 a month spot for anybody out there who has a small business, preferably small businesses. Uh, if you have a small business you want to promote uh, or sponsor on the show, you can put in $40 and we can sponsor it there. We have a $50 Gator ad, which means that um, for an entire year, uh, Gator will, if you have send him some prank phone calls. He'll prank phone calls some people for you and mess with them at your request if you pay $50 a month. we have, And we also have a $100 a month level where for 100 bucks a month, you get access to everything for 100 bucks a month, all the rewards. Now, of course, the $1 a month reward a month reward is you get an autographed picture from us and a personalized letter from the team. That's what we do to the people give a dollar a month. So at least you will get something. You will get some form of gratitude for your contribution because anybody who's willing to donate and help keep the Boochcast going, we appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts because without our fans, we have no show. So this is not something that we try to pressure people to do. This is not a subscription. We put this show out there for free. This is just something where, hey, if you love the show, and you want to help us build it and make it better and put more time and effort into it, then donate a little bit, put a little skin in the game, as they say, and you can help us make the Boochcast better because the money we make goes towards making this show bigger and better than ever before. We're allowed to make improvements to the show with your help. So support the show through Patreon. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. I'll talk to you guys next week. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs> <laughs>